Welcome in to episode 12 of the Sam and Gabby Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host, Samuel Bigelow, joined here with Gabby Mozipo. Gabby, welcome in. Welcome to week 11 of the fantasy football season. It's October 17th, or October, November 17th, excuse me. Wow, uh, wrong month. Uh, November 17th. It's a Wednesday night here. You're probably here in this podcast uh, Thursday or later in the week, but we're here to get you everything you need to know going into week 11 for this fantasy season. And uh, Gabby, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, Sam. I'm excited to talk about this fantasy week. We're getting into the nitty gritty right before the playoffs start. So making those final roster moves and looking to see who we can get here right before the playoff push really begins here. Yeah, for sure. And uh, as you know, we go through our normal segments. we got our news and notes followed by judging the waiver wire. Then we have our matchups, and last but not least, defensive streamers. So uh, you know the drill. We'll jump right in here with news and notes. Uh, first things first, the big news out of the weekend, uh, or at least what I think is the big news out of the weekend, Aaron Jones, Green Bay Packers running back. He has an MCL sprain. He's expected to only miss one to two weeks, which seems uh, like not that much to me. I mean, of course, I'm no doctor, but uh, only expected to miss one to two weeks. But, you know, that makes A.J. Dillon basically gold for those two weeks if it's two weeks uh he's a must start gabby do you expect it to be this do you expect this time frame do you think this time frame sounds reasonable for aaron jones do you think there's any chance that aj Dillon is useful for longer than that or do you expect him to just be two weeks uh one week whatever however long aaron jones is out and then just go back to uh a bench player what do you what do you think is going to happen here well, I think with A.J. Dillon, I think after these two weeks of him being the starter, he'll come back to his borderline flex role. And what's what's interesting with him is that we've seen him be a big part of the offense. And the thing with Aaron Jones is that he hasn't been getting a lot of touches even prior to this injury. That was a concern with one of the concerns with him. And, yes, he was able to pop off in week – I think it was week two or three versus Detroit there with the, uh, with the three uh, – four touchdown game, three receiving touchdowns and about 40 fantasy points. He was really explosive in there. But outside of that, he's been having a so-so season. So and that's because A.J. Dillon has been getting so much work, and he's been a big part of this offense. And Green Bay likes to use him. And we'll be able to see what he does now. He's going to be the workhorse for now these last two weeks. But after uh, Aaron Jones comes back and takes over that starting role, I see A.J. Dillon being a bigger part of this offense. And I think he's going to be able to showcase what he can really do and I think he's going to take more carries away from Aaron Jones after he comes back. Yeah, I would say definitely bad news for Aaron Jones owners. I don't think uh, that he'll suffer too much. I mean, he has had some pretty down weeks these last couple weeks at least. Um, and throughout the season, he's had some disappointing weeks as well. But he, Aaron Jones, that is, is still the uh, running back six on the year. So, you know, he's still been pretty solid for you, pretty dang good. Um, I expect him to still be a running back one when he gets gets back, but he may have his upside hurt a little bit, um, and he may be more of that borderline running back one um, once he gets back. But I, I wouldn't expect A.J. AJ Dillon to have any value for any – unless except for in a deep league, but wouldn't expect A.J. Dillon to have too much value um, after the fact. So uh, if I'm a A.J. Dillon owner and not an Aaron Jones owner, I'm probably going to – 
try to capitalize on this week or two and then uh, maybe try to trade A.J. Dillon to Aaron, the Aaron Jones owner. But uh, other than that, I guess I just hope that if you're the Aaron Jones owner, you have A.J. Dillon. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention there? I mean, that's a pretty straight-up situation. Unfortunate for Aaron Jones owners. Um, and if you have A.J. Dillon, that's great. But, yeah, any, any other A.J. Dillon owners are very happy with their uh, with their decision to put him on the roster. But anything else to add there, Gabby? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got Cordero Patterson, a breakout star this year when he's, uh, when he's 30. Uh, he's, a, he's got an ankle injury. They're playing Thursday this week. Uh, it's, Atlanta's playing New England. So it's a game-time decision. But I would say you don't want to bet on it just because, I mean, I mean, I guess you will know Thursday, so you can decide then. Uh, but I'd be trying to find somebody else now because I wouldn't be super confident that Cordero uh, Patterson's able to make it back on a short week. Um, but keep an eye on it, and he could be limited uh, if he does play. So I'd probably be trying to pivot, um, except for in a desperate situation. But you should, at least it is Thursday, so uh, you can make that decision early in the week. Um, the, the handcuffs or the, the, uh, the replacements would be Mike Davis who was brought in to be the running back one this year and has been uh, extremely disappointing for fantasy. He's probably going to be the guy who gets the most work in Atlanta. Uh, but Wayne Gallman is also potentially an interesting uh, add there. He did get more work last week, but it was a blowout loss uh, to Dallas, I believe. Um, so did not necessarily, is not necessarily going to reflect what the uh, workload ends up being this week. So keep that in mind, but, I would expect Mike Davis to get to the bulk of the carries, but Gabby, do you think uh, if you were betting, if you were needing to play a running back in Atlanta, would you think Wayne Gallman would be the play or Mike Davis? I think I would go with Mike Davis just because he's been there and he's been getting the work. You know, yes, he has been ineffective in that manner with his carries, but we must believe if Cordell Patterson is hurt that um, they're going to lean back on Mike Davis. I here a little bit and I would just lean I would go back into what we know and lean towards Mike Davis here in this instance even though Wayne Gallman we did see get some of the touches um that that was just because I feel like in my estimation Cordell Patterson was out mid-game so they didn't have time to make a game plan I think with a full week of game planning I think they'll be able to put Mike Davis back into the fold they paid him a lot of money not a lot but a good contract this offseason so I think they'll go back to him and see if he'll be able to be useful but I do think this offense suffers a lot because Corbello Patterson was the most explosive player and I think the centerpiece of this offense. Yeah, I totally agreed. Yeah, I think this is probably a downgrade for the offense as a whole. Uh, you make a good point there. Um, moving on to our next guy, uh, Damian Harris. Missed last week due to concussion. Uh, was questionable this week, but is going to play. Uh, he's cleared concussion protocols. He'll play on Thursday against the Falcons. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, excuse me, uh, had 55% of the snaps last week with Harris out, but uh, and, he, and he had a great game. He had 27.4 fantasy points. Um, so he's, he's an interesting pickup, especially if you have Damian Harris. Um, I would be maybe playing him in a deep, deep league as a desperation play. Uh, but other than that, I think he's just a stash and hold. Gabby, what do you, what do you think about Ramondre? What do you think about Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson? Wow having trouble with his name today i think a great ad and um 
leagues just because we saw it with the potential uh, with Damian Harris is out. Yes, he, it looks like he's going to be back this week, but if Damian Harris is out for any extent of time, they're going to lean on Ramondre Stevenson, and he might be the most explosive back they have on the roster. Even coming into preseason, we thought he should get more work, and he just wasn't able to be a good pass blocker. So they took him out and used other guys such as James White. But now that James uh, running backs are going down and they're calling Ramondre Stevenson's number and he's delivering, I think he's going to deliver uh, deliver more down the stretch. So I definitely think Ramondre Stevenson's a good ad here. Um, just a speculative ad, because if Damian Harris goes down again, we know that Ramondre Stevenson's a top 15 play. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Bill Belichick in the past has been known to kind of make young players earn it. And uh, Ramondre Stevenson, he's been, he's been earning it. So um, if anything happens to Damian Harris again, I would expect him to be uh, definitely the lead back. And he could be interesting as a fringe flex play, desperation running back two type of player, um, potentially. So a great grab and hold, especially if you're in need of running backs. Um, next player on the list, Kyler Murray, quarterback that's great. We all know uh, he has an, an ankle injury to go along with his shoulder injury that's been ailing him for the year. Uh, but he's been limited in practice this week. Um, he's been quoted as saying that he's pretty close to playing this week. Of course, he's missed uh, the last two weeks. So uh, monitor Kyler Murray. It sounds like he is likely to play if he's been in limited practice. Uh, but he sounds like he will play. Gabby, if Kyler Murray plays, do you think you'd be starting him? And uh, also, how do you think it affects the weapons there in Arizona? Yes, I would be starting Kyler Murray if he's going to play. He's Same, just too yeah. with his legs to be benched. And I don't think you will have a better option if you have Kyler Murray. Unless you have a guy um, that popped off early on in the season, such as a Kirk Cousins or maybe you had Jalen Hurts for some reason, then obviously I would start those guys. But other than that, then, yeah, I'm starting Kyler Murray. And if Kyler Murray's starting, then I, you have to assume that the offense is up to par because he's been held out for a couple weeks now. Um, we thought he, we would, he would play last week and they held him out. So you got to think that he's pretty healthy if he comes back or healthy enough to be productive in a fantasy perspective. So, I wouldn't downgrade any of these Arizona players if he's out there. I would actually get uh, have them all back to their full value. I, I completely agree. And they're playing Seattle, who does not have a staunch defense at all. So um, you should be fine playing him if he goes out and be happy that he's there instead of Colt McCoy um, if you're an owner of some of the Arizona weapons. So uh, moving on to our next guy, this guy, this is an insane thing to me. Elijah Mitchell, he had a he fractured his finger, and then he he had surgery Tuesday. Didn't practice today, but some reports are saying that he's expected to be playing Sunday. That's that's nuts to me. I don't really understand how that's possible. Um, but again, not a doctor. Um, that's insane. I mean, he doesn't get many catches, so that's a good thing that he probably he won't need to catch any balls really. Uh, and still can be effective. He won't be hurt there as far as fantasy goes. But um, Elijah Mitchell sounds like he'd play. Um, and I would think if he plays, he'll be the number one back, even if – even if, I mean, even with this injury, I would imagine that Elijah Mitchell will still be the number one back in San Francisco if he plays. I guess I would see slight upgrades for the other guys there. Um, but, Gabby, do you see that at all differently, or do you see it pretty similarly to me? 
I see it pretty similarly to you when it comes to that. Okay. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, he's a uh, non-participant in practice Wednesday. Um, so he's going to be questionable going into the week. Uh, definitely another guy to monitor. He's a boost. It boosted if Kyler Murray comes back and he's playing, but um, he's a guy that if he's in, if he's playing, even if you think he might be limited, you have to start him. Uh, and if he's not playing, I mean, look for a pivot plan for him not to play. Um, but I would expect him to play. And uh, if he's in, definitely, definitely play him um, with confidence. And yeah, just make sure you monitor that situation. Moving on to our next guy, Miles Sanders. He's had an ankle injury that got him put on the IR. He's been designated to return uh, this week, which doesn't mean that he will actually be playing. Um, but he could potentially play this week. He's just inside his three-week window to be activated. So he could potentially play this week. It's unclear whether or not he will. Um, but the Eagles have been committing more to the run lately. So I'm curious, Gabby, when Miles Sanders comes back, do you think that he's going to be more effective than he was previously? Do you, do you th- see him as kind of a buy-low? I've been, I've been hearing rumors of Miles Sanders being a buy-low. I'm personally kind of out on that, but I'm curious where you stand there. No, I'm not of the mindset of the Bilo just because we saw when he dominated the backfield what it looked like, and it did not look good whatsoever. <laughs> prior to being injured was borderline on the droppable, like on the drop list. So I'm not of the proponent that this rush running team, even though it's been the number one rushing team since he's been out, um, I'm not a proponent that they're going to get any better. Uh, when he gets back, I actually think this spells bad for him, if anything, just because they've been so good without him. I think maybe his touches go down. So I'm definitely staying away if I have him I, and there's any hype around him. I think now is the time to get him, uh, trade him. I would be pretty surprised if you've held on to him for this long. But if you have for some reason, I think this is the highest his value will be all season. So um, now is the time to trade him if possible. Yeah, if he's a if he's on your waiver wire, I definitely think he's a an add in most leagues. But um, I doubt that. But if he is, definitely pick him up. But he he, I see a world where he does come back and take all those carries, just because you know Nick Sirianni. He's an interesting coach. I can't say I really understand all his decisions. At the beginning of the season, they were passing the ball. They were one of the highest uh, had one of the highest passing offenses in the league. Or uh, passed it the most in the league, one of the most in the league um, in Philadelphia. And that was crazy to me with Jalen Hurts as your quarterback. So, you know, I'm not saying, I don't think Nick Sirianni necessarily always makes logical decisions. So I guess I do see a world where Miles Sanders comes back and takes all the, all the workload. But I think likely, I think likely we're going to see a lot of the other players that have done well in Miles Sanders absence retain at least a role, even if it's a minor role. Uh, but enough to hurt Miles Sanders. And I've been on the on the record on the pod saying that I don't think Miles Sanders is all that talented anyways. So I don't think that he's necessarily just going to come back and win the role. Um, but again, I do see a role where he he does uh, it does make it into the into, it does make himself a regular play or at least a usable fantasy asset. Um, but I definitely don't think it's likely. So I'm definitely not recommending a trade uh, as a buy low candidate, but um, I do see a chance, and if you get him as a trade add-on or something, it could be interesting. Um, 
anything else you wanted to add there on the Miles Sanders Eagles situation? No, I think um, if Jordan Howard hasn't been picked up in your league, I think that's going to be an interesting add as well. That could be an interesting add just because he's been used a lot here recently. But other than that, no. Eagles, even though they look like they might be a playoff team, I'm still not really as high on them as a fantasy fantasy team, even though Devontae Smith balled out last week um, versus Denver. But other than that, I'm not really – have high hopes for them. Yeah, and I, I actually I do want to disagree with you a little bit. I don't think Jordan Howard is really much other than a maybe a spot start this week if you need a guy as a running back too. Um, and Miles Sanders happens to be out, but if Miles Sanders plays this week, I don't think you should start uh, Jordan Howard. And if if Miles Sanders plays this week and Jordan Howard does well and Miles Sanders doesn't do anything. I'm probably just going to assume that Miles Sanders is at least limited and I'm not going to have confidence telling you to start Jordan Howard's the Howard the following week so in my mind that's at least two weeks that you can't use Jordan Howard if Miles Sanders is active so unless you're looking for a spot start maybe you pick him up in the hopes that Miles Sanders is inactive and you play him this week Uh, but I think it's going to be two weeks that you're not really confident in playing Jordan Howard once Miles Sanders returns so I would caution against him as like a maybe as an ad if you're looking for more of a long-term help uh addition but he does have definitely have value for this week, especially if Miles Sanders is out. And even if Miles Sanders is in, he could be potentially a desperation play just because if, if Miles Sanders tries to play this week, I would imagine he will likely be limited. But I would still be trying to find a, a pivot. He would Jordan Howard would be a for sure a desperation type of play for me. Um moving forward though, Clyde Edwards Alaire, as we all know, he's also uh, been out for a while. He has a knee injury. His status this week is to be determined. I mean, it it sounds like it, earlier this week it was reported that he had a good shot to return uh, this week, but then Andy Reid has said that they potentially could use this week as a, another rest week for Clyde. Um, Daryl Williams has been great in Clyde's absence, so there's no real rush to bring him back, in my opinion. But once Clyde Edwards uh, Alaire returns, I'm curious what you Gabby, how you feel about Clyde is as, as a fantasy asset and how you feel about Daryl Williams and just kind of how you see that backfield shaking out. What are you thinking? I'm thinking when Clyde comes back, it's going to be more of a running back by Kamindi. Um, and I do think Clyde has a chance to take his role back over just because Daryl Williams has been there for quite some time. And if he, he's had, I, he's had his opportunity to take it over and he has not. So I think that that was one of the reasons why they drafted Clyde. And yes, Clyde hasn't been so productive, but he's been uh, super, super productive in terms of fantasy. He has been productive when it comes to rushing the football and controlling the pace of clock for Kansas City. So I do think he has a good chance of taking his job back, but I do think Darrell Williams has carved out a little bit more of a role for himself. So all in all, um, Darrell Williams will go back to his handcuff now I think maybe borderline flex role and I think CEH will now then slot back into this mid to low end RB2 but the upside that um, we thought was there in rookie year obviously isn't there anymore and even the upside that we might have been predicting in the beginning of the season that now I think is gone because Dale Williams has taken the receiving upside that we thought CEH would at the beginning of the year. 
I kind of I kind of agree with you uh, for the most part. I think once Clyde returns, I think that they're both going to be guys that you can't really drop because they both will have value. I think they'll both be being used, and I I expect that the Chiefs continue to improve their offensive output. Um, and I think they're both guys that can be used. Daryl Williams has just been so good, especially in the passing game, which is where Clyde Edwards-Lair was supposed to thrive and just hasn't so far. Um, so I do think that Daryl Williams retains a role, which I think really hurts Clyde, obviously. Um, Clyde wasn't that consistent when he got hurt for fantasy anyways. So uh, bad news for both guys um, as far as fantasy goes. Good news for the Chiefs as far as just real football goes. But uh, bad news for the, the two fantasy assets. And um, I think you're just going to have to hold them and see, but I don't expect Clyde to be a consistent asset, um, especially with how good Daryl Williams has been. I expect them both to pretty much split time 50, 50 when Clyde returns, but Clyde is the young buck who they drafted in the first round and it should be his team eventually. But Daryl Williams, even though he has been on the team for a while, he has in this opportunity, especially he has really shown uh, that he can be effective uh, when he gets a bell cow role. So um, I expect him to continue to at least get some role in the offense. Um, but is there anything else you wanted to talk about in that, in that, in that backfield in Kansas city? No, I think we did a good job handling it. I think those two guys are the two to look out for Derek Gore. Sadly, I don't think he's going to have much value even in the dynasty. It looks like he's going to be the third string, but, um, and I don't think Kansas city third string running back has much value unless one or two of these guys comes down. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with that. Um, moving on to our next guy here. Um, oh, and before we move on, just to reiterate, Clyde Edwards-Alaire may or may not play this week. Um, it is still up in the air, so you're going to want to monitor that situation. And, of course, if he does not, Daryl Williams is going to be a great play. So uh, next guy on the list, Ben Roethlisberger. He's still going through COVID protocols. Um, he missed last week, but there is a chance he'll play against the Chargers. Uh, I guess if I would, if I was to make a bet, I would say he's likely to play. They say he doesn't need any practice to to actually play if he's able to clear the COVID protocols. Um, but it's unclear whether or not um, he will get that. Will make that. Um, he is vaccinated, so should be helpful. Um, but unclear whether or not he's going to play or not. And if he's out, that's of course a big downgrade for all the, the Steelers weapons. So um, I don't think there's much to add there, Gabby, unless you uh, disagree. No, no. All right. All right. We can move on to our, uh, our next segment here then um, judging the waiver wire. Of course, we put this out after your waiver wire is likely ran, but we just wanted to talk about some of the, some of the, uh, usual waiver wire targets this week and uh, cover them and give our take on them. There's not too many people we wanted to talk about this week. Um, we've already mentioned AJ Dillon. He's obviously a must start running back if you were able to get him or if you already owned him. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, again, struggling with his name. Jeez. Um, he's a, a, an interesting ad in stash, not really a play unless you're in a super deep league or if you're in a real uh, desperation mode. Uh, Devonta Freeman, he led all the Titan running backs in ev pretty much every major category. Uh, snap percentage, he had the highest. I mean, it was only 35%, but still the highest out of the three running backs there. He had the most carries, the most yards per carry, the most receptions, and led the team in both, uh, in both uh, or in as far as running backs go, in uh, rushing and receiving yards. Um, so 
as far as running backs go, he was definitely the guy that led the team. Um, so Devonta Foreman, he's definitely an interesting ad. I don't know if I'm starting him with any sort of confidence yet, um, but I definitely think Devonta Foreman's a really, really interesting ad in Tennessee as long as, of course, Derrick Henry's out. It looks like he could be taking over the, the role there. Um, Gabby, what do you think about Devonta Foreman? Deontay Foreman, I think he's going to be the lead back there in Tennessee. Obviously, they don't have the production that they have with Derrick Henry, but they're going to try to uh, take the role over with three guys. I think Deontay Foreman is going to be the one that leads the charge. Um, I'm not as high on him as many people think. I think he's going to be just like a bench ad. I'm not even really – maybe even flex consideration, but – Nothing more than that, just because Tennessee's running game is just not that good, and I don't see, I don't see a lot of a lot of positives game strips for them coming up. So, and if they do need to pass the ball, I like Jeremy Mc, Jeremy McNichols a little bit more. So, in for all those reasons, I'm not as high on Deontay Foreman, but I do think he's an interesting add in deeper leagues or even a bench dash. I definitely think he's a bench stash. I, I think I'm a little bit higher than you, but um, I agree. He's not a guy I would bet too much on it, but I do think he's really interesting, especially if you need a running back. I could see him getting a much larger percentage of the, the snaps there. Um, Donta, uh, Deonta Foreman, I was, was saying Devonta earlier. Uh, I apologize, but he is a, a guy that had a lot of hype coming out of college. Of course, had a major injury. I believe it was an ACL um, and uh, hasn't really been able to recover since then. But he's a guy that could potentially be back, um, and, and maybe he has a lot more explosiveness than McNichols or Peterson. We'll see. Um, but I definitely think he's an interesting add, especially if you need a running back. Um, and I don't think Tennessee is that bad at running the ball, even without Derrick Henry. But um, anything else you wanted to mention there, Gabby, or move on to the next thing? Move on to the next thing. All right. So last guy uh, or last people to mention, uh, I just wanted to mention the running back handcuffs. You should be owning your handcuff and uh, maybe other people's handcuffs if if they're out there. I mean, especially going into the week, maybe you drop a guy and pick up a handcuff uh, just right before the week. You never know who's going to get hurt, and there's going to be a running back that gets hurt pretty much every week. Um, and it's just a matter of time until it's one of the big names. So handcuffs to own are Hubbard, Pollard, Herbert, Madison, Ingram, uh, Booker, P. Ryan, you know, all those guys. Um, for any of the main running backs, just make sure you have your, your handcuff. And I recommend taking flyers on handcuffs going into the week if you have the, the roster flexibility. Um, you could find yourself a league winner um, at no cost. So I definitely think you should have your handcuffs and be looking to get other people's handcuffs. And even if there is no injury, you can always trade that handcuff to that, to the owner. Um, and they, ha- that'll always, that the handcuff will always have value uh, to the, to the owner of the running back that they're the handcuff for. So um, definitely good ads to get those handcuffs. Um, moving on to our, our main portion here uh, before we do that, We're going to take a quick break, um, and we'll be joining you in just a moment.
All right, welcome back in here. Uh, we are ready to go into the matchups for this week. I'm excited to get into it. First things first, Patriots playing the Falcons. Thursday night matchup, we've already mentioned it. There's a few interesting points we've already talked about in this matchup, but um, I think here the first interesting thing to talk about uh, next will be Mac Jones, maybe a streaming quarterback this week. I think uh, he's probably just outside of my top ten, but he's he's somewhat interesting um, he's been pretty good lately. Um, and if you're looking for, if you're in a desperate spot, I would play Mac Jones over Matt Ryan, for instance, at least. Um, so he's interesting. We've already mentioned, um, the kind of the star players there, Damian Harris in Patterson out. Um, Jacoby Myers has been pretty solid these last few weeks. He's an interesting ad, uh, probably would not be trying to play him, but, um, in desperation could be used, um, other than that, Kyle Pitts, I think – I mean, he should be utilized a lot, so he definitely has the touchdown upside. But I think – I feel – I think pretty highly of the Patriots' defense. And if Patterson doesn't play, I would imagine that they will be focusing on Kyle Pitts. And I, I would expect him to have a down week for sure. Um, Gabby, what do, you, what do you think about this matchup? What, is there anything you wanted to point out? Um, yeah, I think – yeah, I have a – downgraded all Falcons offense just because what I noted earlier with Cordell Patterson being out, but also because New England's going to, especially with Kyle Pitts, New England's going to roll over that coverage, uh, double team them. And so I, I think we're going to see a lot of Matt Ryan looking flustered. So I do think a good play at the New England Patriots defense. I know they've been added a lot in leagues already, but I think that's a great add this week. I think they have potential to cause a lot of turnovers. Matt Ryan hasn't looked all that good as of recently. And without their best playmaker, I think this, this is a perfect spot to play them. So I would definitely play them with confidence. They're a top three play for me. Uh, I definitely agree. They're they're up there for me as well. Um, top three for me as well. Uh, actually, number three. But they are pretty well, um, pretty well owned, but they are out there and – at least about 20% of the league still, um, even after waivers in, in ESPN leagues, at least. So uh, definitely pick them up if you, if you can. <laughs> Next matchup here, Ravens, Bears. Justin Fields has been really good lately, and he's coming off the bye. Um, I think he's still got to be a stash. I don't expect him to have a great game this week, but you got to hold him in the case. And just in case he does, I mean, he could really be a breakout end of season uh, quarterback could be a quarterback one moving forward potentially um, he has been really good these last couple of weeks the Bears have been allowing him to use his legs and so that's been giving him a lot more of a, a baseline and some upside in fantasy um, so definitely got to monitor and if you're having in a tough spot at the quarterback position um, maybe don't be streaming him this week but if you can stash him he's definitely interesting in my opinion um, two quarterback leagues he's for sure a must add um, None of the fantasy options on the Bears are really interesting to me at all. Other than, I mean, Darnell Mooney potentially uh, because the Bears should be down this week. And David Montgomery is an exception, of course, as well. Um, David Montgomery came back a week before the bye. That was unexpected to me. Um, but he came back and was the, the clear starter, the clear running back one um, on the Bears. So after a bye week, another week to get healthy. Um, I expect David Montgomery to have a great season. And I think he's going to be great moving forward. Um, if you held on to him throughout his injury, I think you are going to get rewarded soon. Um, and he's going to be good for fantasy, in my opinion. Uh, but other than that, nothing really interested. Um, 
nothing really interested me about the Bears offense. The Ravens, uh, Bateman has been pretty solid lately. He's definitely still a hold, kind of a lower end flex play, more of a desperation flex play, but um, is usable at, right now, but is definitely more of a hold in my opinion. Um, Lamar, he had an illness that caused him to miss practice today, but um, it's not COVID related. And I would imagine that he'll be back and ready to play by Sunday. Um, so I wouldn't expect anything down from there, but um, I think it's an all go for, for the Ravens. Um, as far as their regular options, you're going to play Hollywood you're going to play Mark Andrews. Um, Latavius Murray looks like he might come back. Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, Bell got dropped from the Ravens uh, or cut from the Ravens. So looks like maybe Latavius Murray could be coming back from his injury, if not this week soon. Not really clear on that, but um, I would imagine that's part of the reason that the Ravens were able to let Le'Veon Bell go with confidence. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think this is a really straightforward matchup, but uh, Gabby, I want to open the, open the floor up to you in case there's anything you wanted to add. No, I think it's pretty straightforward. Baltimore should uh, come in here and I think play pretty well. I do. I think Rashad Bateman, again, I think this is the time to get him. I think the breakout's coming. Every time he's been playing, he's been playing really well, like really well. And I think that's, kind of scary for maybe Marquise Brown who's been really consistent I do think he's going to get his deep shots and have his big long receptions so I wouldn't be too worried about him but Rashad Bateman's coming and Lamar Jackson is also looking like one of to be one of the best fantasy quarterbacks I mean he obviously is but he's having another marvelous season with his legs and his arms and especially with his arm this year so all in all I think it's going to be an easy matchup there the running backs uh, they are kind of iffy there at best, but if there was one I would to pick, I would pick Latavius Murray if he was activated. If not, then you go to Devonta Freeman. Yeah, and Latavius has still been limited in practice, so it's unclear what his status will be, but I agree with you on that for sure. Um, if Latavius Murray does play this week, I would probably be avoiding him this week with the expectation that he may be limited and then playing him with a little bit more confidence the following week, but uh, we'll see. We'll have to follow that situation. Um, but yeah, Ravens, good streaming defense. And uh, Rashad Bateman, just to um, mention it, he's got over 10 points in his last, in each of his last three games. Um, so he's been solid for you. I mean, you don't want to be putting a guy out there who gets 10 points every week. That is rough, but that is, can be usable in deeper leagues. Um, and I expect his uh, him to start putting up some better games than that, having showing a little bit more upside. Um, so I think we agree on that. Um, so moving on to our next matchup here, a little bit more juicy. We got the Packers against the Vikings. Um, Aaron Rodgers did not look great last week against the Seahawks, but he looked good enough to get the job done, of course. Um, expect him to play better this week with a full week of practice and having been uh, another week removed from – from COVID. Um, so I expect him to be a little better or significantly better. Um, and yeah, of course we already talked about Aaron Jones being out. So AJ Dillon is a, a for sure, surefire start. Um, and then, yeah, you Devonta Adams, uh, Devonta Adams, you know, already he's a start. Um, so nothing really on the Packers side that um, is really overly intriguing, but um, on the Vikings side, I'd say it's the same. I think, Conklin is uh, maybe a desperation play at tight end. Um, he's pro- he's outside of my top 10 this week, but 
Um, if you're not able to get a top 10 tight end, um, I would, I would potentially be playing Conklin. Conklin has been not great for you, but he's gotten you solid weeks. Um, and then of course you play Jefferson and Thielen, but Gabby, is there anything about this matchup that stands out to you? Um, no, not with uh, Minnesota per se. I do think it's pretty straightforward. Conklin, uh, I wanted to actually, sorry, I did want to add a quick note on Conklin. Um, I think he's been, he's been the model of consistency here as of recently. Uh, a tight end that we've been talking about here for maybe here in the last couple of weeks, but he's tight end 11 on the year in PPR formats. And over the last four, uh, five weeks, one, he had a buy-in. He's had over nine fantasy points in all four of those matchups, over at least five targets and in, in at least three catches in all of those matchups. So he's just been super consistent, and that's what we love to see in our tight ends. And this week, we, he's shown the tight end upside with two touchdowns. Yes, he had 11 yards, but we know that he's a consistent part of his offense, and we know that he's able to get the yards. So I would consider Tyler Conklin to be a start for the rest of the year. Um, back end tight end one, but I really do like him in deeper leagues. And I think even in 12 team formats, I, I he's, he's gotta be a start even over a guy like Dallas Garter. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying there. Um, I don't know about it. Start over Dallas Goddard every week, but yeah, right now the way he's playing for sure. Um, Conklin's great because he gets you a good baseline and he's even got the ability to get you some pretty solid weeks. I mean, he's got a 20 week and a 16 point week. So um, he's got some pretty, pretty solid upside as well. Um, and for some weeks, I mean, he's not that, that doesn't happen that often, but it can happen. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a good thing uh, for Conklin there. And he's been great. So uh, moving on to our next matchup here and Gabby, I'm definitely going to let you walk us through this one. It's a tough matchup for the Colts. Uh, your favorite team, playing the bills bills have looked really good they arguably have one of the i think they have one of the best defenses in the nfl what about this matchup do we need to know what stands out to you um one thing to note about this matchup right off the bat that it might be snowing during this game because it's going to be in buffalo so that might be something to note with the passing offense i don't know how much snow is coming as of now but if it's snowing that tends to mean a little bit more running I, I remember a game in Buffalo a couple of years ago when it was torrential downpour in snow. And I think the Colts attempted maybe a total of 15 passes. So I wouldn't expect a lot for the passing game if um, it is snowing, but you can, you still have to start Michael Pittman, but, but that means you, you just don't start Zach Pascal or um, J- Jack Doyle, those type of guys. But Jonathan Taylor is a smash play, obviously the best running back in football right now. And, but I'm fading Carson Wentz this week. He, he had a poor performance last week, not because of fantasy. It's because we were dominant, but um, I'm fading him just because of the weather. But on the other side, you can't fade Josh Allen or Stefan Diggs. They've just been so good. But Emmanuel Sanders, if I have a better play, I'm looking to not play him. And uh-huh. even though the Colts have been a pretty bad defense when it comes to pass defense, um, I'm not looking to look, play Emmanuel Sanders unless I have to. And if so, he's going to be a flex consideration. But Dawson Knox, on the other hand, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind playing just because I've seen that upside and he's only getting be- better coming off the injury. And I think him and 
Josh Allen's connection is for real. So if you have Dawson Knox, especially with the tight end landscape as it is right now with only about three guys you can really trust, even with TJ Hawkinson falling out of that tier. Um, I think if you have Dawson Knox, I, I wouldn't mind playing as well. But outside of those guys, um, oh, and the running back, Zach Moss. Uh, we The Colts have a pretty good rush defense, but given that it might be snowing, they might have to lean on the running game a little bit more. So Zach Moss is, is an okay running back to play this week. Well, yeah, I, game, Sam? I agree with what you're saying on Zach Moss there. And uh, I think the Bills D is a really good play, if it, especially if it is snowing. Um, they're, I think, I believe they're the number one rated defense for fantasy. And a snowy game where it's hard to pass should help uh, continue that. Um, against a Bill or a Colts offense that's not bad by any means, but is not necessarily the most effective. Um, Stephon Diggs finally got you the weeks you the kind of week you were looking for when you drafted him. Uh, Thirty points last week. I hope this will be a the kind of a turn for something better from him. But he's been far from bad for you for, throughout the season. So um, continue starting him with confidence, of course. But um, Looks like maybe he could be beginning to put up a little bit more points for you, maybe show a little bit more of that upside, but we'll see moving forward. Um, I did want to push back on something else you said, though, um, which is going to be moving into our our next matchup, actually. It's going to be the Lions versus the Browns. And you said TJ Hawkinson, he fell out of – I don't want to misquote you. You said he fell out of what tier? The elite tier. The elite tier. I, I guess that's true. I, I guess it depends on – um, how you define elite. Um, but <clears throat> last week he was on a he, against Pittsburgh, only one target the whole game in a game that went to overtime. Um, goosed you, got zero points. Extremely, extremely disappointing. Um, but if you look at the whole year, the whole picture of the year, he's only had two weeks where he scored you less than eight points. Um, only one week other than that, that was less than 10. So he's been for the most part, pretty darn consistent, especially when it comes to what tight ends are. And in the week before last, I mean, he had a bye week, week nine. So week eight, they played Philadelphia and he had 18.9 points, almost 19. And I believe he was actually the tight end one on that week. Could be mistaken there, but uh, he was, I mean, at least he was very high up there and he, he did put, put up great points for you. So I still think, I mean, he, he's not there with Kelsey, but I think if you go the next level down, uh, I think he's right there with the rest of those guys for the most part. And um, I'm definitely starting him with full confidence. And if you, if you have somebody tilting in your league, I would personally say that TJ Hawkinson is by low candidate. Of course, if you need a tight end. Um, but I don't know if I, I don't really think there's uh, that many tight ends that I would have ahead of him. Um, I mean, did, how, I guess I, I would ask you, Gabby, who would you say are the elite tight ends in your mind? Um, off my top of my head, I have Kittle, not in any particular order. Kittle, yeah. Kelsey, Waller, Andrews. I have four guys ahead of them. And you can make right. an argument for Pitts. Uh, I don't know if I would put necessarily – I don't know if – I. I could see Darren Waller I would rather have, but Darren Waller actually hasn't been as good as um, as Hawkinson this year. Darren Waller's the tight end seven, and Hawkinson's the tight end five. But uh, you're definitely right about Kittle. I, I definitely think he's up there. 
Um, the other guy, Mark Andrews, I'm not exactly sure where he is ranked so far, but I looked up. He's two. Um, so he's the second ranked tight end. And I think he, he probably falls. He probably is in his own tier, to be honest, at this point, it probably is uh, Kittle Kelsey at the first top tier, Mark Andrews. And then I would say um, Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson and those guys. And so I guess, I guess I would say that he's not elite, but he's still super high up there for me. Still uh, a top five to seven tight end on a weekly basis for me. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely not tilting on uh, TJ Hawkinson. And if, if somebody in your league is, I would be trying to pick him up, trying to trade for him uh, if you're tight end needy, which of course a lot of people still are. Um, yeah. I mean, did you, did you have anything else did you, about TJ Hawkinson? No, nothing to add about TJ. Um, the Browns, in, moving on to the rest of that, that matchup, the Browns, disappointing loss last week to New England. They should be, in my opinion, uh, having a bounce-back week this week. I mean, Detroit is terrible, so if you can't bounce back against Detroit, you can't bounce back against anybody. So um, I expect a pretty solid game from the Browns. I don't know how high-scoring I expect it to be. I would imagine it's going to be a pretty – um, run heavy game. Nick Chubb should be back is expected to clear COVID protocols this week. Um, it should play. And if he plays, he's of course a smash play against Detroit. Um, yeah. And that, that I wouldn't be playing Jarvis Landry except for in a deeper league. He hasn't, um, been used consistently, but I still think he's not the worst option to hold. I think he's definitely better than a lot of the waiver wire wide receivers out there, but he could be dropped if you need a spot. But I, I personally would say, um, he can be held in most most leagues, especially leagues bigger than 10-man, so 12 and up. Um, but I think part of that is just Baker's injury that's probably hurting him. Uh, Baker's not been consistent. And then uh, other than that, I don't think there's much going on on the Brown side. I mean, DeAndre Swift, uh, he's on the Lions side as a, a play every week. And then uh, other than that, there's nothing, nothing really exciting about this matchup. Should be a pretty solid Browns win. And uh, – as a Browns fan, if it's not, uh, I'll be really scared for the rest of the season. So, <laughs> uh, ready to move on to the next matchup, Gabby? Yeah, I am ready. I do want to know um, if the Browns do lose this matchup. I think it's fair to say that um, Baker has a good chance of being benched this season. If you go yeah. If you can't, yeah. If you can't beat Detroit, there's. Uh, no sense in you continuing to fight through your injury and you should just rehab. I, I, I totally agree. Um, moving on to our next matchup, though, we got the Washington football team uh, playing the Panthers. Disappointing news out of Washington. Chase Young is down for the season. He's got an ACL injury. Uh, so just super disappointing for Washington and, and Chase Young. Um, just in general, not really any huge fantasy impact should just keep the Washington defense bad as it, as it has been this year. Um, Cam Newton, is going to be the starter this year, this week, it sounds like. Um, so that should be interesting. A guy to keep your eye on. I personally am not super high on the idea of him getting a ton of value, but he could, he could get enough rushing to be a valuable quarterback. I think if I'm wrong, I think Gabby, you see him as a, a little bit more of a valuable play than, than I do. I don't know how high you are, um, but I think he should potentially help the fan, the Panthers pass catchers, but again, they're not super confident, but I, I, it's hard for you not to start uh, DJ Moore. Other than that, you're not really interested in anything. Um, so I guess Gabby, how are we feeling about Cam Newton 
And how are you feeling about DJ Moore with Cam Newton as the starter? Um, Cam Newton is definitely a top 15 play for me. I think the rushing upside is there. And the, familiar, and the familiarity with the weapons such as DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey, I think are is going to be really good for him. And yes, Cam Newton doesn't have the arm strength that he once had, but the great thing about that is Matt Rule knows that and he's going to be able to scheme um, – he's going to be able to scheme plays that that showcase Cam Newton's talents. And, oh, by the way, his best wide receiver is his running back, the check down throw. And I know Cam <laughs> Newton will make that throw. So he's going to be able to get yards and what we know what he's able to do on the ground. So in fantasy, I think he's a great quarterback too. And two, two quarterback leagues, I think he's a great ad. And even – streamers this week versus Washington without any Chase Young, I think, versus Ron Rivera. I'm not scared of that matchup whatsoever. Ron Rivera has said, even in a press conference, that he has a set of plays that he has for Cam Newton. Well, by the way, Cam Newton's played versus that defense for nine years. So I think Cam Newton might have a set of plays for Ron Rivera's defense as well. So I'm excited to see that matchup. And that's definitely going to be a big screen matchup for me, even though um, – the game might not see it just because of the storylines underneath. Yeah. I, I'm super excited to watch Cam Newton as well. I, I personally have him just outside of my top 15 for quarterbacks this week, probably, probably honestly 16. Um, but he has super high upside. I'm just, his floor scares me, um, but he has super high upside due to his rushing. Um, and I'm excited to see how they use him. And he could definitely move up the, those rankings super high. Uh, next week and that would not surprise me at all um but yeah just outside the top 15 for me uh on the on the washington side panthers have a good defense so i i would be definitely playing the panthers defense but on the washington side i think the only guy that you have really good confidence in is terry mclaurin um other than that i mean the gibson and uh mckissick saga continues as is um it's basically if mckissick if they're down McKissick is probably going to get the ball more and as used more as a pass catcher and Gibson's going to be used more as the, just the, the ball ball carrier. Um, so in games they're up. So both of them are pretty okay. Running back two options. Gibson, of course, slightly higher uh, than McKissick, but yeah, both running back two options. And uh, I'm not really sure, honestly, in this, how this game is going to go at all. Cam Newton is totally a wild card. I expect, I expect it to be a tight game. So I'm not sure really who's going to get the bulk of the carry. So I'd be playing uh, both Gibson and McKissick with, tre- with trepidation. But if I had to play one, I would be playing uh, Gibson. Um, but yeah, I, Gabby, I, I guess, how do you see that Washington backfield uh, playing out in this game? With Washington, I, I'm playing Gibson this week just because he looked good last week. He was able to score and a couple, a couple Twice. of times. Twice, yeah. yeah, I think a couple of times, and I, especially with this matchup, I I think it, they're going to be in a, a tight enough game where he's going to be on the field enough to be productive, and we know if they're down, Danny McKissick's going to be in, but I don't think they're going to be down by too much. So I'm playing Antonio Gibson with um, in my RB two spot. He, and he's a high-end flex option at that because he has the upside to go off for another 16 to 16 plus point game. Yeah, I mean he does have the upside, the chance to goose for you. I mean that might be or not goose, but have a tough, get a bad game for you. 
those days are potentially behind him. I mean, he's still on the injury report after the bye um, last week. So, or not last week in week nine. So he's still got the, the shin injury he's dealing with, uh, which I think limits his, his upside on a weekly week to week basis. But um, he's still, yeah, like you're like you're saying um, in a single game, he definitely has upside. Um, and I definitely think this could be a Antonio Gibson game, but I, I wouldn't be super conf- uh, fooled by last week. He got two touchdowns on the ground and he got 24 carries uh, which is insane in a game that I cannot believe Washington won against Tampa Bay. Um, but he only averaged 2.67 yards per carry, which is not good. So and lower than he has been. So, I mean, that's not like he's been bad on the ground the whole season, but uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily sold that Gibson's going to keep doing this every week. Um, but I, he definitely, like you said, had super high upside and I'm confident playing him. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily expect him to have, have that every week moving forward. Um, I don't think he's necessarily fully returned yet, or I don't have that uh, level of confidence in him being fully back to himself yet, at least. Um, anything else in that matchup you wanted to mention, Gabby? No, I think we've talked about that in depth. Uh, DJ Moore, I know I, I mentioned him a little bit earlier, but do you think uh, he's hurt or helped by Cam Newton being back? I think he's um, helped for sure because Sam Darnold was the worst quarterback in football. You can't get worse. <laughs> uh, I agreed. I don't disagree at all. Um, moving on to our next matchup, though, should be a pretty dominating game for uh, Tennessee as they take on Houston. Um, of course, the Texans suck. Brandon Cook should be a solid play this week. The Titans have uh, have been known to give up big games or good games to receivers. Um, but yeah, it should be a blowout win for the Titans. And I think, I think that uh, the running backs in Tennessee could have a good game. I'm just wouldn't be, I'm not sure. And I'm not confident in who it would be. Um, but if you're looking for a desperation running back play, um, you could play one of those guys, Peterson McNichols or Foreman. If I had to pick one, it'd be Foreman. Uh, we talked about him earlier, of course. So uh, Julio Jones, he got placed on the IR, so he's going to be out for a while, uh, three weeks at least. Um, so he's out. A.J. Brown is, of course, a smash play with or without um, Julio there. And uh, Tannehill is a pretty solid streamer. Uh, but anything else that stands out to you? Or, and uh, also beyond that, how, how are you handling Julio if he's on your roster? Are you going to hold him? Um. If I need to, it depends on my team and my record. If I'm winning and I've been able to win and it looks like I'm going to be in the playoffs, yeah, I'll hold them just because I know the talent. But if I need a roster spot and I need to win right now, then I'm fine dropping him. He's just been inconsistent in the hamstring. We know is going to be a problem, especially with his age. And he's had problems with that before. So I have no problem with dropping him. Um but I would I would poke around the league first just because it's still Julio Jones. There's going to be some name value there. You never know what you can get, even if you trade it for a waiver wire guy that's better than nothing, right? So um, look around, see what you get. And But if you need a drop, then go ahead and do that. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree completely with what you said there. I don't, I don't have anything to add to that. You put that perfectly. So, uh, yeah, I'd poke around, but if you, if you need to, drop him. Um, 
Titans, of course, a great streaming option as on defense this week. Um, yeah. So moving on to our next matchup here, we got 49ers versus the Jaguars. Uh, we already talked about the, uh, the Mitchell injury. So he's probably going to be, you're going to have to monitor that situation to see how he, uh, that unfolds. I mean, like I said, crazy to me that he's going to be potentially able to play after having surgery on his finger on Tuesday, but you gotta, gotta monitor it. And uh, if he plays, he should be, um, a solid, a solid option in your lineup. Um, other than that, I mean, George Kittle's back. So that's super exciting. That is awesome. He's been playing great. Um, Brandon Ayuk. Well, before we get to him, Debo Samuel is, of course, a smash play. But Brandon Ayuk is, I guess, somebody I'm curious about. Gabby, are you are you is he a guy you'd be holding looking to pick up or um, are you are you dropping him? Are you are you even interested in Brandon Ayuk at this point? Um. He's really just a guy at this point for me. Um, if you need him, if you, you're holding out hope for him, sure. Uh, but if you need the spot and you want to rotate maybe to somebody else, if maybe a guy like Darnell Mooney's on your waiver wire, that's a guy I'm more, way more interested in. But uh, I'm not – he's just really inconsistent. It's hard to tell when those weeks are going to come. When you think they're going to come, you play him, and then he burns you. So um, – I have no problem dropping him. One thing to note, though, it looks like Garoppolo is going to have a really nice end of schedule. So if you have the opportunity and you're able to – and you look like you're going to make the playoffs and your wide receiver core looks a little weak and you just need to take a fire on a guy for the playoffs, maybe Ayuk is your guy. But outside of that specific scenario, um, I don't see any particular reason to hold him. That's an interesting point to make. I was going to say, yeah, he's been uh, really up and down. He uh, um, he convinced you to hold him for two weeks. He was looking good. Uh, but then he went back to his uh, rough ways. So um, I am interested in uh, what you're saying about him having a good end-of-season schedule. That's definitely something to, to consider. Um, but, yeah, if you're if you're not in a point in a position where you're looking to just add some people maybe for the future, then uh, he can definitely be dropped, in my opinion, as well. Um and yeah, 49ers, solid streaming option on defense this week. Uh, Jacksonville is not great. Play James Robinson, and that's about it on their side. I mean, Dan Arnold is a is an out is right around the top ten, just right in outside of it, maybe. Uh, tight end played this week. Um, but other than that, nothing really going on in, in the rest of this matchup. So moving on to the next matchup here, we got the Dolphins playing the Jets and you know, that, that on paper sounds bad. I believe Joe Flacco is going to sound the start this week. Should be a win for the Dolphins. But uh, I think there's some pretty interesting players in this matchup for fantasy. Miles Gaskin and Jalen Waddle. they're both my best of the rest uh, starts of the week for running back and receiver, respectively. Uh, Miles Gaskin, I mean, the Jets allow the most fantasy points per game to running backs out of any team. So um, Gaskin should hopefully be able to take advantage of that. He's a, a boomer bust play generally, and he – booms against good team or against bad teams and uh, jets are bad. So, I mean, against Houston in week nine, he had 15 fantasy points and against Atlanta in week seven, he had 17. And um, both of those were bookended by uh, bad games against good, good teams on either side. I mean, he's still the running back 20. He's been averaging 11 and a half points a game. So he's been solid for the most part. And so he has, a, he has at least a, 
he, he at least has some confidence. He's not the most boomer bust, but he also has the ability to maybe go out there and get you uh, an, an exceptional game, borderline RB one game, uh, or in, if you get really lucky in a running back one game, but I expect him to score well against the jets who, like I said, uh, are the worst against fantasy running backs in the league. And then as far as Jalen Waddle goes, I mean, over the past five weeks, he's had 10, less than 10 points, only one time. Um, he's been averaging 15.5 uh, fantasy points over the last five weeks per game, which is pretty dang high for a rookie. I mean, it's 13.2 points uh, season long, but over these last couple of weeks has been ticking up or last five weeks. And uh, that last five week uh, total of him having uh, less than 10 points only one time in the last five weeks. I mean, that one time was against Buffalo and he had 6.9 points and we all know how, how good Buffalo is and they played them in week eight. So um, not unexpected for Jalen Waddle to have a rough game uh, against Buffalo, but um, over the last five weeks and I think moving forward, he's been and will be um, very consistent with really high upside. Um, and I think he's the number one wide receiver there. Uh, I believe Will Fuller is coming back this week or soon at the very least. Um, so that could potentially affect Jalen Waddle. Um, but, but I think Jalen Waddle's just too talented um, and will be continue to be utilized uh, at least fairly heavily in the Dolphins offense. And again, Jets are bad. So I expect it to be a game that the, that Miami is able to move the ball. Uh, and then other than that, Tua is not a terrible streaming option. I'm, I'm not high on him this week, uh, but he's not a terrible option. And then uh, Michael Carter should be solid. He had a good week last week. Uh, if I haven't mentioned it already, Joe Flacco should start. So that's a little bit of a, a wild card there for all the, the Jets options. Um, definitely all downgraded. Michael Carter, though, could still see check down passes. But uh, Gabby, a game that could be pretty boring, but has some interesting fantasy uh, storylines going on in there. Is there anything that I haven't mentioned that you wanted to uh, bring forward in this matchup? Uh, no, not, not really. I think you did a good job covering that matchup in particular. I did want to add about Waddle. Um, he has been super consistent. They, they've been targeting him pretty a lot actually this year with, he's got 85 targets this year through, um, 10 games. Um, but not a lot when it comes to depth of target. We, we know he's got a lot of burners, and I talked about this quite a bit last couple podcasts, but he hasn't been targeted down the field a lot. He's just been a lot of close to the line of scrimmage type of plays. So um, I think the upside, like you mentioned earlier, is definitely there with him. But um, outside of that, Jaseki, I definitely think I'm throwing him back out there. I know he's been – disappointing as of uh recently but you got to play him he's been so good for you but outside of those two guys I'm not really looking to play any dolphin maybe Gaskin um yeah I'll probably play Gaskin just because he's been pretty good for you he's been up and down for you though so it's hard to tell when he's actually going to play well but it's against the bad teams it's against the bad teams is good like I said over 15 points against Houston, over 17 against Atlanta, and bookended on each of those games are bookended by terrible games against better teams. So, 
Yeah. Should be good against the Jets. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, but know. still, still um, outer running back to play, but with high upside for me. Um, I assume you agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and then once uh, Will Fuller returns, are you thinking that? Do you think that? affects Jalen Waddle. I mean, personally, I think Jalen Waddle is obviously a, I, I agree that he's a, a good play this week, but I think moving forward uh, the rest of the season, he's a, he's a great, um, great guy to have on your roster. But do you, do you think he's affected by Will Fuller's return? Um, I think slightly, but I think there's going to be enough targets uh, there for Jalen Waddle to get his um, maybe and again, they don't use him with down the field. They use him as a short, um, close to the line, line of scrimmage. So I think Will Fuller is going to take more of the deep shots uh, down the field target. So I, I don't see a, a big drop off for Jalen Waddle, but naturally, yes, when one wide receiver comes back in there, um, there's going to be target drop off for everybody. All right. And uh, moving on to our next matchup here, uh, we got the Saints playing the Eagles. Um, Saints have a really good defense. I think they're a solid streaming option. I mean, for me, they are outside of my top five this week as far as streaming option uh, options go, um, but they are far from the worst option. I don't have any super high confidence in the Eagles offense putting up any huge points. I would imagine the Saints should be able to get a turnover. Um, so solid, solid streaming option on defense. The Saints, uh, they've been a good defense for most of the year. Um, I'm not playing – anybody on the Saints offense other than Kamara. And as I mentioned earlier, you're going to want to make sure you have Ingram, uh, especially if you are the Kamara owner, but you're going to want to make sure Ingram is rostered in your league. He has standalone value for deeper leagues and maybe like a desperation running back too, but he of course has a huge value as the handcuff for the Saints. Um, and then on the Eagles side, it's of course you're playing Jalen Hurts. Um, he's He's been really good for you all season for the most part. Um, and then, yeah, Devonta uh, Devonte Smith is the guy that I really want to talk about in this matchup. He's been picking it up quite a bit these last last few weeks, and I, I've been a fan of him all season. I've, I've thought really high of him even going into the season. He was one of my uh, one of my top rookie receivers, if not my top. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I, I was really high on him going into the season. And I think he's finally broken out for real. I mean, he had over twenty two points in each of his last two weeks. Um, and over 10 fantasy points in six out of the last 10 weeks or out of the six out of the 10 weeks we've had all season, which is pretty, pretty good for a rookie uh, wide receiver. So um, I think he's a solid weekly play moving forward. Uh, I would say buy buy low if you can, but I think after these two 22 point weeks, the owner should be fully aware of how good Devonta Smith is. And uh, I, I just think he's a great play moving forward. And um, especially, I mean, even this week against a solid Saints defense, I'm happy to play him uh, with confidence. And I think moving forward, he's going to be great. Um, and as far as the Eagles running backs, I think we've we've already covered that pretty well when we were talking about Miles Sanders. So, Gabby, I guess I just uh, – I'm curious, what how are you viewing Devontae Smith and uh, how are you viewing him this week and moving forward? Devontae Smith I'm seeing is definitely – Really good wide receiver. I think I'm with you 100% the breakouts there. And I'm with you 100% with the buy low. Just want to highlight that with something with his schedule. Um, his schedule at end of season is really soft. Uh, I want to outline it for you here. Um, 
It's going to be after New Orleans, who is ranked 28th versus wide receivers currently. He is probably going to line up versus Marcus Lattimore. So I do see a slight downgrade for him there. But outside of that, the following matchups are the following. Uh, the Giants, followed by the Jets. Then there's a bye in there. Then Washington, the Giants, Washington again, and then Dallas. So those matchups are really juicy. A lot versus the NFC East, obviously. And then he's got a couple games there, and uh, he's got a game there in New York. So, all in all, I definitely think this is a time to get him, and I think he has the potential to be a league winner. So, um, this is this is the time to get him. He's my one of my top three buy low ca- uh, candidates. Yeah, I mean, I, he might not. You might not be able to buy low on him now. I mean, you might be paying. Uh, no, I still, maybe slightly, I, but I, you think I, you can. I, I think this is the time. I think the value that you can get for him is now. Yeah, he's coming off of two back-to-back 22-point weeks, but I think I think this is going to be the norm. Like, I think this the time is coming. Because Philadelphia is going to be competitive. They, they're they fighting for the seventh seed. And so I think they're going to be in games. That it's looking like this team is going to be better. And I just rallied you off the schedule. There's no team there that you don't think they can, they can't be outside of Dallas in week 18 and by the time it's week 18 they might have this uh dallas might have the schedule locked up and might have the division locked up so they might not even be playing players so there's a good chance that philadelphia is going to be in all those games if not have a good chance to win all those games so i think devonta smith the price that you would need to pay for him now is going to be a price you look back in three weeks and you're going to be happy about we knew the breakout was coming we were just scared and now that we've seen it a flash is here I think now is the time to get him. You make you make an excellent case, and I, I I have to agree with you. To be honest, I I'm very high on Devonta Smith, and I I guess I just I'm afraid maybe that I was a little too excited about how good he's been lately, and I think that'd be my only concern is that other people might be as well. But you make a great point, especially about the schedule. I mean, to be honest, this week might be his worst week the rest of the season against New Orleans. They have the best defense that. Uh, he's going to face the rest of the year. And, I mean, Dallas, you brought up, is one of the only teams that they might not be able to beat. And I'm not really concerned about Dallas's defense. I think maybe they're a little overrated um, in the public's eyes just by ha- because of how many turnovers uh, Trayvon Diggs got just on his own. So I'm, I'm not super, like, overly concerned about Dallas even when they play them in Week 18, which for some people your league is even going to be decided by then. Some people don't even, of course, have their – championships in league eight in week 18 so even if that week is bad you're going to be fine so i guess if you can trade for him now for something even somewhat reasonable i would agree to definitely do that um and after this week you might be able to get him a, a little bit cheaper than you might be able to right now uh, but you're taking that risk that uh he might he could cont- continue to tear it up um and i mean he has against two solid defenses previously, the Chargers and Denver. I mean, neither of them are world beaters, but they're both both pretty solid. So, I mean, he could – Devonta Smith could be solid again this week, um, but I could see this being his worst week moving forward. So, I guess you could make that that bet that he doesn't do great this week and then try to trade for him. But, um, but Gabby, yeah, you made a great, a great point, and I agree that Devonta Smith is going to be really good for you moving forward, especially with that schedule. Uh, We've already talked about the Eagles running backs, like I mentioned. So, uh, Gabby, is there anything else in this matchup that you wanted to mention? And if not, I think you should just take us through our next matchup, uh, the Bengals playing the Raiders. Uh, No, nothing to add there. So I will take us through the Bengals versus the Raiders. 
Um, this matchup here, I think, is going to be pretty interesting. I want to start off here on the Bengals side of the ball. Joe Mixon has been really good this year, RB5 on the year, um, pretty cons- uh, consistent there. Uh, even with Cincinnati going back to a little bit more pass-heavy uh, op- offense, and but something to note here, Las Vegas has been top seven versus the past defense this year when it comes to wide receivers. Um, so I do think there's a, a light, slight downgrade to the wide receiver core, but all in all, I'm still playing T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, obviously with confidence. Tyler Boyd is a borderline flex play for me. And when we go on the other side of the ball, um, Hunter Renfro, uh, the guy I've been hyping up all year, has just been showing out his model consistency, two touchdowns over the last two weeks, and they look for him in the red zone. And now with uh, Henry Ruggs out of the offense, um, there's going to be a more consistency there than ever before. He was already one of the most consistent wide receivers in football, uh, but now he's he's showing that on a consistent basis, and now the touchdown upside is there. So I definitely think he's going to be a consistent flex play for you now. And if you he's a def, he's got the opportunity to be a really nice piece on your team. Um, a bench play that you go out there and you play them six to seven times a year just because in matchups that you know you're going to win and you know you need 10 to 18 points and you don't need your flex to lose in your matchup, you play Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry, Hunter Renfro, and you go out there and you have a good matchup. But uh, other than that, um, we'll look at the running backs. Josh Jacobs, on the other hand, he's been poor these last couple of weeks. Hopefully he'd be able to bounce back versus Cincinnati. They've been bad versus running backs, but we shall see. Uh, a question I had for you, Sam, was if you were a Josh Jacobs owner right now, um, what would you do? Would you be looking to t- trade him uh, for whatever you would get? And if if you could trade him, would you trade him for, like, a guy even – as lows as let me throw out a name here for you like Javante Williams or Damian Harris would you trade Josh Jacobs for either one of those guys right now well I think Damian Harris is uh better than Javante Williams so it would be between uh, Damian Harris and Josh Jacobs and that's tough. I, I probably would trade him for Damian Harris, especially if I'm uh, not. I guess it's close. It's really close. But, yeah, I am going to say I would trade him for Damian Harris um, if that's possible, which I don't necessarily think it is. Um, I'm freaking out if I have Josh Jacobs, but I'd probably be holding him um, until he has a good week, which I expect him to have at least a solid week at some point. Um, he's the one of the focal points of the Raiders offense. He just doesn't have high upside for some reason. I don't know how he is not better for fantasy. He just isn't. Um, so I would maybe wait until he has like a 15 point week, which he definitely could get. Um, and he's kind of due for that, to be honest. Uh, but I would definitely be trying to trade him away. I think if you can find a team that's really running back desperate, you might be able to trade him for a guy that's slightly better. Uh, than him at, at wide receiver, maybe. So I would probably be looking for a, a really particular trade candidate to get the mo- or trade partner to try to get the most out of Josh Jacobs that I could. 
but he's he's tough. I mean, you did get him as kind of a steal going into the year, so hopefully you're not too reliant on him and you have another option. Um, and if that's the case, trade him. If he's your second option, I don't think you can be that. Um, you, you're, I don't think you're in that bad of shape, but I think you might want to consider maybe playing people who have a little bit higher upside in your flex um, because, you know, Josh Jacobs is always going to get you like 10 points. But I, I'd definitely be trying to sell. I, I am not a Josh Jacobs believer, and I think that people um, around in fantasy leagues might have a higher – opinion of him than um than someone like like me who thinks he's definitely tradable i think you might be able to sell that he's the bell cow in las vegas um and i don't think that i mean his points don't look that terrible if you just take a look at him but i mean he's not you can definitely do better i mean he's still the running back 28 so you can you can market his his ability to to another team you can market him but um i would definitely be trying to trade him i I mean, do you agree? I don't know what, what your opinion is on that. Uh, I think I, I I think I would agree with that um, for the most part. What you said, I, I one thing to I think one thing to note as like a Josh Jacobs owner, I'm pretty high on them. I think yes, the Raiders have been down a lot, but. I think they have a chance to still make the playoffs, and we know when Josh Jacobs is winning, or not winning, but when the Raiders are winning, Josh Jacobs plays well. So I think the Raiders are going to win some of these games here coming next. So I think Josh Jacobs is an interesting candidate right now for like a hold by low. But I, as an owner myself, I I am freaking out a little bit, and I I think. As a podcast, we would do we're doing a disservice to our to our our listeners not talking about the trade that we just made in our league. Uh, coming around one of these guys that are actually in this matchup. So me and Sam made a trade actually last night where I traded away T. Higgins, the wide receiver for obviously for Cincinnati here. And I received Chase Edmonds. He's on IR right now, but I also received Tony Pollard. Um, reasoning being for me, at least, uh, I'm, I think I have a pretty good chance of being in the playoffs already. So I'm looking to get a backup running back just in case, actually, if Josh Jacobs doesn't perform up to RB2 quality. And for Sam, he really needed the flex option because as a guy, we probably won't highlight later because he's on by, but Cortland Sutton, um, he hasn't been performing all that well, surprisingly, um, not that surprisingly, if you've and listening but um, he's gonna turn it around i still believe <laughs> but um yeah so we made that deal a uh, pretty fair deal for both of us so hopefully now we will see each other in the final but i'm i'm kind of scared that might burn me uh, t higgins has the potential to really break out here but my wide receiver core was looking pretty good and he was having a tough time not a, the toughest of times but it looked like he was going to have a tough time breaking out um, into the starting lineup. So had to trade him for some value. Yeah. I mean, and I think you actually, you made, made my side of it. Uh, you explained my side of it pretty well. So I, I can't really argue with anything you said. I mean, I needed T Higgins because I needed a flex option, super bad. I'm in the, I'm in championship contention. And so I didn't want to let that slip. I do love chase Edmonds. I think he's a really good uh, running back option to have, especially when he gets back, if he can get back fully healthy. 
He's been banged up quite a bit this year, which I think has really hurt him, but I think he has super high upside and a pretty solid floor. And I think he's a really great running back to have. So sad to let him go. But like I said, um, my flex options were real bad. Um, so I needed to make a move. And I, I think T Higgins is a really, really great buy candidate right now. I think he is due for a huge game. Don't know if it's going to be this game. The Raiders are actually surprisingly good against receivers, but T Higgins has been super consistent and uh, is going to be a solid flex play for me with, I think pretty, pretty high upside, even though he hasn't necessarily shown that that much this year. Uh, but I think he's has really high upside. And so I feel happy about my win and for the record, neither are our trade. Um, and for the record, neither of us is a Zeke owner. So uh, we traded Tony Pollard just as a, a piece. I mean, my running backs are Jonathan Taylor and David Montgomery. And I have Kareem Hunt also on my IR slot. So I have at least some running back depth. Uh, if Jonathan Taylor is or if Jonathan Taylor is to get hurt, I mean, I have Khalil Herbert. So I guess I'd be safe if David Montgomery went down. But if Jonathan Taylor is to get hurt, I might be in trouble. But um I'm banking on Kareem Hunt coming back. So that's why I did it there. And uh, I think it was a pretty, pretty good trade on both ends. I feel like maybe I slightly overpaid, um, but I'm, I'm really excited about T Higgins the rest of the season. So um, I feel good about it for sure. But um, moving on or not moving on before we move on, uh, I did want to mention a couple more things about the, the, the matchup here. Um, first thing, Joe Burrow last game was his first game without a touchdown all season. Um, Joe Burrow is a really solid play this weekend moving forward, in my opinion. Um, not necessarily like top five or anything, but with that kind of upside and uh, is really consistent and is definitely inside the top 10 uh, on a weekly basis, in my opinion. Or uh, I guess, yeah, as of now, top 10 every week. So uh, definitely like Joe Burrow. Hunter Renfro, um, to follow up on him, I. He's definitely improved, uh, or in my eyes, as far as the confidence I would have in playing him um, on a weekly basis with uh, Henry Ruggs out. I mean, obviously, Hunter Renfro was the guy with the great floor, um, but the upside was a little bit a little bit suspect over the last couple of weeks. I mean, he has gotten touchdowns in both games, um, but I think he's, of course, got a little bit more of a, a role that's open for him uh, now that Ruggs is out. I mean, he's had nine targets each of the last two games, which is a uh, a point he did, hasn't reached at all this season, except for week one against Baltimore, uh, which was a game that I believe went to overtime. Uh, so he's, this is the first time he's reached nine targets all season other than that. So he's been getting at least a slight bump in targets. Um, and that, that I think has been good enough to make him uh, a player that you're interested in flexing. Um, so I've changed my mind on that um, since the Henry Ruggs uh, release. So I could just see myself playing Hunter Renfro. I am a little bit concerned that this is a boosted, uh, boosted couple of weeks just off the touchdown. I'm not sure that he's going to continue to get enough production to be really fantasy relevant if he's not getting a touchdown. Um, but he's been getting touchdowns lately, and he could be just their main target in the red zone. So maybe this continues without rugs. But uh, I would expect that he doesn't continue to get this level of touchdowns and that Waller starts playing a little better, getting a little bit more targets. And um, see, and I would expect that we see Hunter Renfro kind of regress a little bit more to where I saw him earlier in the season. Uh, but again, he's been great these last couple of weeks. Had some touchdowns, so you're kind of betting on that touchdown upside. Uh, but his floor is great, so you can't, you won't be disappointed if you play him. So not the worst play. I still am a guy who would be looking for more, uh, but 
you know, he would have started on my team before I got T Higgins this week. So, you know, I, I definitely don't hate him. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but anything else, Gabby, that, that we wanted to mention in this matchup? I mean, we didn't say Jamar Chase's name explicitly, but he's an obvious start in my opinion. Um, and, and I guess I would just ask you now that the trade's already gone through, um, of course, if there's anything else in the matchup you wanted to mention, but now that the trade's already gone through, uh, how do you feel about T Higgins? Do you think he's going to be a guy? Do you th- see him similar to me? Do you think he's going to have a breakout or do you think you got um, kind of a, a steel deal? Uh, no, I think he's going to be have a breakout. It was just going to be tough for me uh, later down the stretch, given my team when I have Cooper Cup, Michael Pittman, and Tyler Lockett and Waddle. Um, if he were that, so he's the fifth wide receiver right now, and we only play at maximum three. So the breakout would have been pretty significant, and then I would have just made my life living hell. So um, <laughs> out of that market when I can. Okay, and uh, nothing else to add in that matchup. No, I think uh, I did a good, pretty good job talking about that. I do think. Um, oh, I did want to add one thing though. Derek Carr is an interesting streaming option this year. He's top five in passing yards again, and I, we know that uh, Raiders are just going to keep throwing the ball. So, if you're able to, uh, if you need a quarterback, look at Derek Carr. Yeah, he's not the worst option for sure. Um, he's probably just outside of the top 10 for me personally, but um, not the worst option. That's for sure this week. Um, Gabby, I'm going to have you do it again. I'm going to have you take us through the next matchup here. Cowboys and Chiefs. This is a, this is a juicy one. What, what, what here stands out to you? Um, I think it's going to be a high scoring game versus the Cowboys and Chiefs. Um, obviously, we got two, two of the highest powered offenses in the game. Um, the line right now is set at plus two and a half. Cowboys are um, underdogs because it's at Arrowhead. So, but other than that, I don't think, I think it's pretty straightforward, honestly. You're playing most of the offensive players in this matchup just because you think it's going to be such a shootout. It's the highest over-under on the slate with 56 and a half points. Um, so, you're playing the starting running back for Kansas City, whichever one that is. You're obviously playing both quarterbacks and you're playing the wide receivers. Dalton Schultz, I'm playing him this week. And I wouldn't mind playing Michael Gallup as a flex option. And on the other side, Byron Pringle has looked pretty nice. So even in deep leagues, I, would, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him. But outside of that, I think the Kansas City offense is pretty straightforward. You're obviously playing Hill and Kelsey and Mahomes, but you're not playing the defenses this week. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. And, of course, we already talked about the Kansas City running back situation, um, and we mentioned get Pollard if he's available in your league, especially if you're the Zeke owner. Um, and, yeah, I think you made great points. I'm, I'm a little hesitant. I would not be flexing Michael Gallup um, unless – I was in deep desperation and that would only be because of the matchup being so juicy against the chiefs. Uh, but he was only targeted five times for three receptions against Atlanta in a game they dominated. So I, I just hasn't given me enough, enough confidence uh, to really be putting him out there with any, any sort of confidence. Um, so I'm avoiding Michael Gallup, but he's definitely an interesting guy to add. And if he's available in your league, I would be picking him up. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think you covered it pretty well. Dak, of course, 
should be great. Um, and then of course, Patrick Mahomes and, uh, yeah, you touched all that. So, um, moving on to our next matchup, we got the Cardinals versus the Seahawks, uh, both quarterbacks, if they play would be coming back off injury as in Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, uh, both guys returning from injury, not Russell Wilson's first game back from injury, but guys that are still recovering. Uh, if Kyler doesn't go, it'll be Colt McCoy. And, um, we've talked about Kyler and, uh, DeAndre Hopkins already, so we won't worry about that. Um, but as far as other options on the Cardinals, I'm, I'm only playing Zach Ertz if, if Kyler's active, otherwise I'd probably be looking for other options. Um, and then on the Seahawks side, you're playing the usual suspects. You're playing Tyler Lockett and you're playing DK Metcalf. You're going to have to monitor that situation in Seattle. If you're looking to play a running back there, uh, Chris Carson has been limited in practice. And I think he took a day off um, at some point this week as well. So really unclear what he, his status is going to be. Um, and I would guess Alex Collins will be the starter if everybody's healthy there. Uh, but that's a right backfield that you can, you probably want to try to avoid, but can monitor if you're in a desperate situation. Um, but other than that, the Cardinals defense should be a really good or a solid, a solid start. I expect the Seahawks to be significantly better on offense than they were last week, but Arizona's got a really good defense. They've proven that all year. Um, so it shouldn't be the worst streaming option. They would be outside of my top five, but uh, not the worst streaming option. That's for sure. Um, Gabby, is there anything in this matchup that you wanted to touch on? Um, I'm curious what you think about Tyler Lockett in particular. Um, I think Tyler Lockett is definitely a buy low candidate right now. The air yards last week were there for him a lot, uh, 229 to be exact in week seven. So Russell Wilson was just bad in his first week back. And we, we knew that we actually didn't know that Russell was going to be there for being quite frank, but especially to that extent, but I think it's going to be better looking down the line and Tyler Lockett, we know what he brings to the table. He wins you weeks. And we know we also know that he's going to be able to have you does sometime, but that's built into the tire locket experience. So that's not something that you need to not know. But I definitely think he has the opportunity to be a great buy low candidate right now, especially with the running back situation looking so bleak in Seattle. I think Russell Wilson's going to keep passing the ball the entire time. So, um, Tyler Lockett, even DK Metcalf, if you can, are great by low candidates right now. And one more note on Tyler Lockett. He had two end zone targets last week and zero end zone touchdowns, obviously. So they're looking for him even in the end zone if it's not on deep shot, if it's on deep shots or even in the uh, red zone. So um, I think Tyler Lockett's a great, a great by low looking to go into the playoffs. I totally agree, especially if your team has some guys that are, Maybe if your team has a guy like Josh Jacobs, like a guy where they get a pretty solid baseline, but they don't necessarily pop off for big weeks, Tyler Lockett would be a really nice compliment for that. Um, so if you can get him, that he'd be a really great addition to a team. Um, as far as Russell Wilson goes, and I guess this affects Tyler Lockett as well, I think Russell's going to be fine. He's actually one of my best of the rest start of the week at QB this week, just because he's ranked so low in most people's lineups, I mean, or in most people's rankings. On ESPN, they actually only have him ranked 14th. I think he's 11 or 12 personally, so a streaming option um, in most leagues that are 10-man or, or bigger, um, if there's buys or whatever. Um, so I'm definitely thinking that uh, uh, Russell Wilson's a solid play this week. I think he'll be back for, back to basically 
maybe not his full self, but back to being really uh, above average NFL quarterback and being effective in scoring points. And uh, I would imagine that Tyler Lockett um, will see start seeing better balls thrown his way this week and should continue throughout the rest of the season. So I think if you need Russell Wilson, he's a great, uh, great start this week. Um, and I would expect him to be vastly improved from last week, even though last week he actually uh, had shown some really, really positive signs. Uh, but yeah, I agree on the, the buy low candidate for Tyler Lockett. Um, and I think we, I think we touched on everything we need to, if you are a James Connor owner, um, you, I, you're definitely playing him. I mean, he's going to be the only running back they're utilizing. So um, that, that should go without mentioning. And then, uh, yeah, other than that, there's nothing else really I think we need to add there. Um, so our next matchup, Steelers-Chargers. This matchup is kind of hard, hard to talk about because we're not sure if Big Ben will play like we talked about at the top of the podcast. Um, Chargers defense is a great play if Big Ben is out. Mason Rudolph will be the quarterback. is not a guy that we have super high confidence in. Um, but, yeah, he if – Big Ben is in. I'd probably be trying to avoid playing the Chargers defense. I just not that they're a terrible play. I just think there's better options out there. Um, and I think on the Steelers, the only people you're really trying to play are Deontay Johnson and uh, Najee Harris. And I think you're playing them regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, and then I think other than that, if, I'm curious if you agree or disagree um, on Deontay and Najee. I'm assuming you agree, but I think the the interesting person to talk about in this matchup would be Mike Williams hasn't been good for you these last few weeks. How are we feeling about Mike Williams this weekend moving forward? Mike Williams. Yeah, he has been bad for these last couple of weeks. So he's not a must start for you anymore. He's not fallen into that um, flex territory high, but high in upside, but I still think he falls into your lineups, um, especially in that flex spot, because we've seen the production there. And I, I think he's gonna he's gonna turn it around. So he's been injured. We've been hearing rumblings of there's been a, there's an injury. They've been talking about it on the broadcast, but he wasn't on any of the injury reports. But um, outside of that, um, I think he's still in your lineup. But yeah, very sad because we had high hopes from in the beginning of the season. Yeah, he hasn't scored more than eight points in the last four weeks he's played. So been really bad for you lately. Um, still a flex option if you need him, but I would be looking to pivot. I just, it's hard to believe he's been so bad, but you know, as soon as you bench him, he's going to have a great week. He's that kind of guy. But, uh, for the most part, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. Um, other than that, in this matchup, I would say Pat Fryermuth. Um, I did say the only players in, on Pittsburgh's team that you'd want to play, uh, would be Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris, but I forgot the up and coming tight end Pat Fryermuth. I, he's actually my start of the week at tight end this week or best of the rest start of the week at tight end. And that's just because the chargers give up the third most fantasy points to tight ends. And uh, last week was Friar first game in four weeks of less than 10 points. So in his breakout, he's been really consistent. I mean, Eric Ebron was back last week, which potentially could have something to do with it. It is something to keep an eye on. However, he only got 33% of the snaps. So I would, I don't think he's going to eat into Pat Friar moves workload. I think it was just a down week for, uh, for Fryermuth, which definitely happens to tight ends. Um, and, and he still had nine targets, So, and that was without Big Ben. So, I mean, you can expect that he would have a down week last week, and 
they still tried to give him the ball at the very least. So I'm not dissuaded by that. Six points is not the worst from a tight end ever anyways. Um, the only downside, the only real negative about that is it was just versus Detroit. You thought you might be able to get more maybe. Um, but if Big Ben's back, that's really great news. Um, and just, just to let you know about how good Pat Fryermuth has been lately, over the last four games, he's averaged 13.7 fantasy points a game, which is excellent for a tight end. So uh, Fryermuth this week, great play, in my opinion. Um, not a top, top tight end, but certainly somewhat, certainly near there. Uh, anything else about this matchup, Gabby, that you wanted to add before we move into our, our Monday night matchup? No. Awesome. So Monday night, we got the Giants playing the Buccaneers. You know, probably not the most exciting game there ever was, but I think the thing that the Giants are really going to be looking for is how good can they be with all their weapons back, which is what at least it is looking like it's going to be this week. I mean, Sterling Shepard looks like he could play or he will play. Galladay looks like he'll play. Kadarius Tony looks like he'll play. Saquon Barkley looks like he'll play. Um, so this should be really interesting to see if how the Giants do against a, a still banged up Buccaneers secondary. They could be all right in the passing game and Saquon. I don't think there's a defense out there that can really stop him from having a good game if he's fully healthy. Um, so if you haven't uh, Saquon, you're definitely playing him. The Giants receivers is a little bit more murky, especially since they really haven't been together for the most part. Uh, this season, I think most of those guys are just grab and holds. Um, but if you're desperate, you might consider playing one of them, especially if if somebody ends up not being active uh, because the Buccaneers secondaries is not not amazing. But of course, on the Buccaneers side, you're starting any of their receivers that are healthy um, and you're starting Tom Brady and you're starting Leonard Fournette. And there's not much to it. Um, but Gabby, it's our last matchup. What is there anything about this matchup that stands out to you? that you wanted to mention? Um, no, not really. I think, obviously, you have to watch out for Saquon Barkley and have a pivot for him because if he doesn't play, you don't have Devonta Booker. Yeah, you're screwed. So, yeah. Note, you, so, either put him in your flex now or you have to flex the running back. So, you got to be prepared for that in some capacity. So, this is one of the few times I would actually suggest if you had Saquon to have to play three running backs in your lineup just in case you're not able to uh, play Saquon and you put Saquon obviously in your flex. So, but outside of that, no, I think it's pretty straightforward on the Tampa Bay side, at least um, Antonio Brown, we just have to monitor injuries, especially with these Monday night games, we have to have pivots because Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, those guys are still banged up. And um, so it looks like Mike Evans and Tyler Johnson are going to get some of the work here, and obviously Chris Godwin. So, But outside of that, I think it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I agree there. Um, and, yeah, I would only be playing the three running backs if you feel confident about your third running back, uh, your third running back, or if you were in a matchup that you thought you were going to lose and you needed a stud like Saquon. Uh, but of course you don't need to worry about Saquon starting or not, and, or having Saquon in your lineup or not. If you have Devonte Booker, you can just play on game day, whoever ends up being healthy. So um, that's why you should have handcuffs. But other than that, I think that's going to 
conclude our matchups portion for the for the for this uh, for this episode here. So, uh, just moving into our defensive streamers uh, streaming options. Uh, honorable mention to Tampa Bay playing. Uh, oops, wrote that down incorrectly. The Giants playing the Giants, uh, but they're they're owned in most leagues, so um, probably not going to be able to pick them up. Uh, but of course, play them if you can. Um, and then. Buffalo versus Indianapolis. Buffalo is just the number one fantasy defense, um, and they play New Orleans next week, who's not that great. So um, against Indianapolis this week, they're not maybe your ideal option because Indianapolis definitely doesn't have a bad offense, but I expect Buffalo to still be solid, and you just don't want to be replacing the number one fantasy defense. So I would hold on to them, um, and if you have space for another pickup, you might do that, but I would play Buffalo with confidence. And then – the chargers who I'm not putting on my top five streaming options just because it's unclear if big Ben will be in or out. If big Ben's in, not really so interested in the chargers. If he's out, I'm a lot more interested. So, um, but they're not the worst play with big, big Ben in, especially if he uh, has little to no practice, but defensive streamers that I think you could play with confidence in order. My top five here, Tennessee versus Houston, uh, Carolina versus Washington, uh, Carolina is the number one, uh, number four defense in fantasy this year so far. Uh, and they play Miami next week. So they're a great ad moving on. We got the uh, Patriots. Uh, they're playing the Falcons. And I think the Patriots are a great play here. Uh, Cleveland who got messed up by the Patriots uh, last week is playing Detroit this week. And uh, I just think that Detroit is not good enough to really overcome any defense. So you can play def- uh, Cleveland with confidence, even after a tough week last week. And then last but not least, Baltimore versus Chicago. Baltimore has had a somewhat leaky defense at times this year. Kind of surprises you just when you think they're going to hold somebody, they give up a big game. Uh, But I do think that they're going to be able to dominate Chicago pretty handily. I'm not sold on the Chicago offense yet, even though they've had a couple solid games. Um, But Baltimore, I think, is a great play this week um, for defenses. So, uh, Gabby, before we go, is there anything you wanted to add or say to the, the listeners here? Um, no, I think I want to reiterate. Well, sorry, how do we say that? But I, I want to reiterate uh, just this is a time of year where your moves are going to matter. So take a look around at your team and try to plan out scenarios where if see the holes in your team and try to plug them now because – most likely your trade deadline is coming here in the next couple of weeks here. So just look at your team and see what you can do to really help your team make that playoff push. Cause if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously care about fantasy football and you obviously want to win that title. So do your part to at least go out there and give it your best shot. Yeah. And don't give up. Don't get fatigued. The teams that pay attention the whole year, the teams that win, Keep doing your waiver wire pickups. Keep doing your waiver wire ads. Pay attention to all the news. I recommend, of course, keep listening to us, but uh, keep whatever you need to do to stay informed of the news and know what's going on. Make sure you do that because that's how you win. Um, Of course, people get lucky and just draft or pick up the right people, but um, you can make your own luck by paying attention. So make sure you're paying attention and being active and always check who gets dropped in your league, especially now. You never know who's going to get dropped. Um, So, Keep an eye on that. Uh, last thing before we go, again, follow us on Twitter at SG Fantasy Show. Uh, we'd love to interact with you on there. You can send us any questions to that or our email, 
Sam and Gabby FF at gmail.com. But uh, for Twitter, you can reach out to us the hour before kickoff each week. We're going to be trying to answer your start sick questions. So send us those on Twitter. Uh, we appreciate it if you have reached out to us in the past and we look forward to reach um, speaking and re- interacting with new, new listeners out there. So give us a follow and uh, give us, send us some questions. And uh, again, thank you for listening tonight. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.